I wanna, I'm trying to get back to Colossians, but the Lord has got me going through quite a few things here today uh, in this season of my life. And I cannot get out of Matthew in the first sermon that Jesus preached on the recorded sermon that he preached. And so we're gonna go back to Matthew, the fifth chapter again. And I'm just gonna do a little bit of a exposition, expository preaching on one verse that has uh, been in my heart. Uh, got some new revelation on it. I've preached it somewhat before, but did not see something. You know, the word of God is alive. And as we grow, the Lord allows us to see things. Um, as a young preacher, there are things that, you know, when I started out in the beginning, I was like, oh, God, thank you for your mercy. <laughs> thank you for your faithfulness and saying, that's all right, Jamie, we'll get there. <laughs> Amen. Matthew 5 and 8, the word of God reads, blessed are the pure in heart, for they shall see God. Underline the word pure and underline the word see. Blessed are the pure in heart, for they shall see God. I want to speak to you today from the title, and hopefully I won't be too long, but I got so much to say, but the title is Purifying Filthy Hearts. David Boxer said, now that sounds like my kind of sermon. <laughs> Purifying Filthy Hearts. Amen. Now let's think this through. We all have hearts, and as human beings, no human being can survive without the heart. But how do you end up getting a pure heart? Are you born with it? Do some people just come to this planet with pure hearts while others do not? Are you blessed or cursed depending on whether or not you were fortunate enough to end up with a pure heart or end up in the pure heart line before you got here? Amen. Let's say that you were one of those unfortunate folks. Let's just go with that for a minute. We know it's not true, but let's just go with it for a minute. Let's just say that you were one of those you know, most unfortunate people who ended up with a heart that's not pure. <laughs> Is there anything that you can do to change it? Hmm? Is Jesus talking about the heart organ? Or is Jesus talking about something else? See, my church is too smart. That's the problem. You messed up my whole entire introduction. All these correct answers. I've been, been preaching a long time. I guess y'all... <laughs> I'm glad you remember. Now, most of us, when we think of the heart, we think of the heart organ, the thing that pumps blood. But Jesus said this, and let's just... Pick, uh, stick your finger there, but we're going to go into Matthew 15, a few chapters down, Matthew 15, 18 through 20. Matthew 15, 18 through, 18 through 20. And the word of God reads, uh, but the words you speak come from the heart. Amen. That's what defiles you. For from the heart come evil thoughts, murder, adultery, all sexual immorality, theft, lying, and slander. So the heart, according to Jesus, 
is not your organ. He's not talking about the heart pumping, blood pumping, heart in your, you know, in your chest. He's talking about your motives, your desires, your thinking. Okay? Proverbs 23, a very familiar portion of scripture. Proverbs 4.23, 4.23 says this. Guard your heart above all else, for it determines the course of life. The King James says the issues of life. This says the course of your life. Your thinking, your motives determine your actions. It determines the path you end up on. You choose the way you think. You choose certain things. Amen? Jeremiah 17, 9. Just going to set this up a little bit. Jeremiah 17, 9. We know this scripture, nothing new. The heart is the most deceitful of all things. He's not talking about you got a lying organ. <laughs> Just, you, you're supposed to be pumping, you're lying. You... No, he's not talking about that. He's talking about your thinking, okay? Your motives, your agenda. The heart is the most deceitful of all things and desperately wicked. Who really knows how bad it is? One more before we move into my first point. Genesis 6 and 5. Genesis 6 and 5. And God saw that the wickedness of man was great in the earth and that every imagination of the thoughts of his heart. See it right there. There it is. That proves it. Right there. Just in case you think I'm being a little slippery. There it is. Every imagination of the thoughts of his heart was only evil continually. Now, this is before the flood, right before the flood when God decided to destroy, you know, the earth with water and all living things and birds were flying and running for their lives and flying for their lives. And we can see that by our own track record now, where we are now with all the craziness that we end up with in politics in this world and things going on in your life, things you've done in the past, your family members, your crazy cousins, the whole nine yards. We've proven that new people after the flood obviously did not come here with better hearts. That is not something that is naturally produced. So evidently, no one by default has a pure heart. No one. So, out of all those scriptures I read, let me just kind of break it down to you, just in case you think that you have an argument against it. According to Moses, Solomon, Jeremiah, and Jesus, there's something wrong with the heart. Amen? And here we are living in this, you know, new paradigm where we have this idea, and we all grew up with it, you know, especially if you're trying to achieve some kind of goal, we all grow up with this idea that educating the mind without changing the heart is somehow going to make a difference. It's pointless. Education cannot purify your motives. Because <laughs> we got some smart crooks. Huh? Come on, let's be real. Man, we got degrees and I'm 
I'm going to rip you off like you would not believe. I'm going to go work in the banking system where I could be most helpful. I'm going to get a job at the bank. I'm educated. Hire me. <laughs> it cannot purify your motives, your desires, or your filthy thinking because it's still coming from a filthy heart. Amen? Point number one. Point number one. Only God can give you a pure heart. Only God. Proverbs 20 and 9. We've got a lot of scriptures today. I'm going to go through them quickly. Just kind of hang with me. Proverbs 20 and 9. Who can say, I have cleansed my heart? I am pure and free from sin? Question mark. Who can say that? Nobody. Nobody. Ezekiel 36, 25 to 27. Another familiar scripture. Ezekiel 36, 25 to 27. Then I will sprinkle clean water on you and you will be clean. Your filth will be washed away and you will no longer worship idols. And I will give you a new heart. You see that I will give you a new heart. Evidently the old one's got to go. I will give you a new heart. I will put a new spirit in you. I will take out your stony heart, stubborn heart, your stony, stubborn heart, and give you a tender, I love this, responsive heart. My daddy said something years ago that really, really set me straight when it came to understanding salvation. He said, dead people can't respond. So until the Holy Spirit quickens you to life, you're going to lay there on that ground spiritually, and you can't get up. So Jesus can say all day long, or your friends can say all day long, your children can say all day long to you, come on, mama, daddy, come on, do right. Can't do nothing. You cannot respond. You're dead. Amen? And I will put my spirit in you so you will, uh, so you will follow my decrees and be careful to obey my regulation. That has to be God. So Jesus is saying again, don't turn to it. We're going to come back to it in a little minute. Blessed are the pure in heart. But if you still have an old heart, you can't respond because your heart is filthy. Amen? You can't do what Jesus is saying. John 3 and 3, King James Version. John 3 and 3. Nicodemus comes to him at night. You must be somebody important. You must be a teacher from God. Jesus cuts right to the chase. I know why you're here. And just detours the whole conversation. Says, Jesus said unto him, Nicodemus, verily, verily, I say unto thee, except a man be born again, he cannot see the kingdom. Blessed are the pure in heart, for they shall see God. Are you seeing it? Amen. Amen. We can see that we have never been able to produce pure hearts. It's got to be something that only God can do. When we believe the gospel of Jesus Christ, we hear the truth. We are convicted in our hearts. We recognize that we have sinned against God. We recognize that we owe a debt. Amen. And we cry out to the Lord, save us from our sins because we realize we cannot save ourselves. Amen. Amen. We believe the gospel. We believe that Jesus Christ died. Amen. And he rose on the third day. He is received by God, which means that all those who are in Christ are now received by God. Amen. We trust that 
God has made one way and one way only for us to be saved, and that's through his son, Jesus Christ. Amen. And that's when we are born again. And at that moment of belief, God puts in our heart an exchange and says, you don't need that one no more. Here's a new one. That's what happens. Amen. Glory to God. Back to the top scripture, Matthew 5 and 8. Matthew 5, 8. Blessed are the pure in heart, for they shall see God. So having a pure heart is something only that God can do, but Jesus is talking to people here. Blessed are the pure in heart. For only they shall see God. Well, now they know or we know at least, I can't make my heart pure. I can't reach inside my chest and do something about it. I can't. That's not even what he's talking about. It's our thinking, our emotions, our, our, our motives, our desires. What can I do? So here's the question. If he's talking to people and saying that those who have the pure heart, then here's the question. If this is only something that God can do, is there something that we must do after God gives us the pure heart? Oh, alongside of what God does in order to have the pure heart. Here comes the new revelation. You ready? Blessed are the pure in heart, for they shall see God. Point number two, God makes the heart pure. Comma, but we are called to do heart maintenance. Somebody get that. Somebody get that. Otherwise, you'll be at the front row sucking your thumb. Babe in Christ, throw a steak at you and can't even do nothing with it. Can't just gumming it to death. No teeth. Babies. God gives you the new heart, the pure heart. But we are called, commanded, to do heart maintenance. Amen. Welcome to your new car. A new car. Remember? Price is right. Thank you for my new car. You don't put no gas in it. You don't wash it. You, you just run it ragged. No oil change. Cars on 580. Just shaking and rattling. No taking it in to get it fixed. Get outside, kick the car. They ain't gonna do nothing. You're gonna have to do some maintenance. You're gonna have to do some maintenance. Come on now. Go to my godfather, my old godfather's hair salon. Come out looking all nice. <laughs> Pretty, but don't put on no scarf. Come on now. Show up next Sunday. What happened? I thought you went to the shop. You ain't doing no maintenance. People look at you like, whoa, praise the Lord, I can see you again. Okay. Okay, maintenance. Proverbs 23, 19. I don't know where that stuff comes from. So God makes the pure heart. Our part is, even though he's giving us the pure heart, and yes, the Holy Spirit keeps you. Amen? Because we can't do nothing without the Holy Spirit. Amen? He is giving us the pure heart. The Holy Spirit keeps us. 
But we must maintain our, our purity by reading and following the Holy Spirit's promptings. So we don't just memorize and quote and look good on Facebook in front of our churchy friends. We got to do what it says. And then we don't get deep. We got to, you know, we don't think our own interpretation skills are going to do it for us. We pray and say, God, how do you want me to apply what I've learned? That's humbling yourself and following the spirit. Oh, come on, somebody. Pure hearts are kept pure by God and the influence of the word of God on a daily basis. So Proverbs 23 and 19. My child, listen and be wise. Look at this. Keep your heart. Oh, look at that. Keep your heart on the right course. You see that? Yeah, right there up and down. Proverbs 23, 19. Keep your heart on the right course. Philippians 4 8. Very familiar. Philippians 4 and 8. And now, dear brothers and sisters, one final thing. Fix your thoughts on what is true and honorable and right and pure and lovely and admirable. Think about these things. Think about things that are excellent and worthy of praise. One of our favorite scriptures where this church is based on Romans 12 and 2. Romans 12 and 2. And be not conformed to this world. Why? Because that filthiness is attracted to what's out there. Don't think you've gotten to the point to where you've arrived where you're not going to be attracted to your default setting of filthiness by what you do and when you get out there in that world, okay? All right? Be not conformed to this world, but be transformed. Be ye transformed, that's a command, by the renewing of your mind. You can actually replace that word mind with this word heart that Jesus, come on, okay? Y'all getting it. Y'all got some degrees up in there, I'm telling you. I looked at I couldn't even say it. She's like, oh, you talk about this right here. <laughs> Renewing of your mind that you may prove what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God. We renew our mind by reading and following the Holy Spirit habitually. Okay? God is correcting more things, just, just so you know. I know there's things that we've been delivered from. But let me tell you, God is correcting more things than drugs, sex, alcohol, and bad language. Okay? There's other, there's other levels. As long as you're still on this planet, there's some things he's going to be after you on. He's going to be like, you know what? There's a few more things on my list I don't know about you. Okay? There are a lot of sins that may not be on our radar. Let me just point out a few of them. Not studying God's word is a sin. Being stiff-necked towards God's word is a sin. I said go this way. No, Lord, no. Okay? Not watching for the soon return of Jesus Christ is a sin. Not waiting and expecting Jesus Christ to come and wanting him to come is a sin. Yes, it is. 
having your mind on these earthly things and not on things above. That's what he's talking about. Amen? Amen. Provoking your children is a sin. <gasps> Ephesians 6 chapter. Uh-huh. Not esteeming others better than yourselves is a sin. <gasps> Here we go. Prayerlessness is a sin. I ain't got time to pray. I prayed yesterday. We already we pray today. I prayed over these pancakes. That might be good enough. Prayerlessness. Being lazy is a sin. That can go right along with prayerlessness. Yeah. Husbands not loving your wives, a sin. Uh oh. That's right, telling pastors. Wife not respecting their husbands and submitting to their husbands, a sin. Not praying for the folks that have despitefully used you is a sin. You hurt me. I can't stand you. I got a reason to dislike you. And you ain't prayed for them not one time. Are you seeing what happened? All you got to do is look at the commands of Jesus Christ, not take them as suggestions, and recognize whether or not you're doing what he said or not. Amen? There are 667 sins recorded in the Bible. Did you know that? Wow. Thank God for the grace of God. Do you feel that yet? I feel it. And here's the thing, saints. When it comes to maintenance, some of us won't read our Bible on a daily basis to know what kind of filth is lying dormant, untouched by the word of God in our hearts. We focused on the things that are obvious to us, but you won't read the word of God to find out what's on Jesus's list. Oh, okay. Saved, but sleepwalking through salvation and sanctification. Because we won't do the maintenance that is required. Amen? Amen. First Peter 2, 1 and 2. First Peter 2, 1 and 2. So get rid of all evil behavior. Be done with all deceit, hypocrisy, jealousy, and all unkind speech. How do we get rid of this stuff? Because he's talking to us. The Holy Spirit does this, yes. But there's a part that we do. Because he said, you get rid of it. <laughs> you see that? That's why sometimes I change, I change translation so you guys can kind of not just kind of look over things sometimes King James and go, okay, I heard that 30 years of my, all my life. I'm you know, not affected by it. I change it up so you don't get comfortable. So we can see it. When I read this stuff, I go, ooh, Lord, you're talking to me. You said I need to get rid of, whoa, wait a minute. Huh? How do you get rid of all the filth in our hearts? Well, verse 2. Like newborn babies, you must crave pure spiritual milk, which is the word of God, 
so that you will grow into a full experience of salvation. Cry out for this nourishment. Are you hearing me, saints? So here's the truth. We have the sense to feed ourselves every day. But sometimes we get into these ruts where we don't feed our souls. Amen? The pure hearts. Amen? Blessed are those that are pure in heart. Matthew 5 and 8. Why? God gives you the pure heart. And we are commanded to do the maintenance. Okay? Last point, number three. Blessed are the pure in heart, for they shall see God. Oh, I love this. This messed me up. Help me, Lord. Point number three. The pure heart from God comes with a promise from God. It comes with a promise. And that promise is those who have the pure heart, given, maintained, shall see God. Okay. Now, I understood this always of yes. When Jesus comes back, we shall see God. Right? The future reign of Jesus that is definitely coming. Oh, he's coming. He's coming. All believers who are saved from sin by placing their faith in Jesus Christ will be with him. We shall see him as he is. But that's not the only thing. It's not just future tense. Blessed are the pure in heart for they shall see God, the redeemed that have the pure hearts and are maintaining their hearts in the word and through prayer and spending time with God in the presence of God, they shall see God, not just in the future, they shall see him in the present. What are you saying, Jamie? You need to clean that up. What do you mean? How do we see him? Because the word of God is in our heart, we are now able to recognize God's moving in our lives and in the lives of others. And you can do that today. Are you hearing me? Amen. We will be aware, let me just teach you for a minute, of what God is doing in our lives because what he's doing lines up with what we're reading. We can notice him. It's important, why? So that when the tests come, we don't flip out when things get strange. We know our God because our God has filled our hearts with his word. We have taken the time to get into prayer in the presence of God. We're basking in the presence of God. We're, spend, we're making time. We are making him a priority. I got to sit before you so I can know you, so I can recognize what you're doing. Are you hearing what I'm saying? So you don't flip out the word, thy word have I hidden in my heart that I might not sin against thee. Not just so I don't go out there and do the obvious stuff, saints, but so, you know, not just so I don't stop, you know, so I can stop clubbing and doing all the stuff I don't even do anymore. That's not it. So I don't sin with you, against you with my mouth. So I don't curse God and want to die because I can't understand what he's doing. 
The problem is I can't see him because there's no word there to recognize him. Whoa! The pure in heart shall see God. Are you hearing what I'm saying? So, when we are under attack, and I don't know how many people are under attack, maybe it's just me. But when we are under attack and Satan wants to paint a different picture for you to focus on so you believe a lie instead of believing God's truth. But if your heart is pure and filled with the things of God, you will be able to recognize, see God. You will not be deceived by what the enemy is saying. You will know what God is saying. Oh, saints. The truth is this, saints. When we are going through, God is really operating on you. God is changing you. God is adjusting you. <laughs> the pain is all a part of the process. The pain just lets you know something's wrong. When I feel some pain, what do we do? I think we got to go to the hospital. Somebody needs to operate. Something's wrong. Are you hearing what I'm saying? The pain is just the symptoms that brings awareness that we have issues that we need to be healed from. Same thing in the spirit realm. When God allows pain, it's just letting you know there's some stuff I got to work out of you. There's some things I got to work out of you. There's some stuff I got to adjust in you. Uh-huh. And we need to be healed from it. But because we serve an almighty God who can heal anything and everything and everybody, <laughs> the pain symptoms are not something that we say is the end of the story. No, it's not. That's the lie. That's the lie. Don't take your trouble right now as an indication that this is it. This is not it. There's so much more to look forward to. This is not your last stop. It just means that the ultimate healer is working on you. And when he's done, you're going to be stable. When he's done, you're going to be whole. When he's done, we're not going to be these splintered people walking around trying to put ourselves together, you know, trying to live off of this splinter and that splinter. We'll be whole. Are you hearing me? But if your heart, which is really the mind and how you think, is not being fed the word, uh huh, and you're, then all you're left with is what you think versus how God thinks. You're left with your default filthy thinking. Uh-huh. And you won't be able to recognize what God is doing. <laughs> so the people who are having the pure heart, who have the ability to see God, we know our God. We know the presence of God. We have the peace of God. We recognize the hand of God in every circumstance, no matter what it looks like. We've learned to trust in God. Are you hearing me, saints? Now, when you have that revelation, this will cause you to praise instead of panic. Come on, somebody. I'm learning this. This will cause you to praise instead of panic because praise is what confuses the enemy. He's throwing everything he's got at you, but somehow you're able to see God. <laughs> I can see my Savior. Are you hearing what I'm saying? And that brings joy to my spirit. Praise becomes my weapon against the enemy's plans. Praise moves me out of depression into right thinking. Praise moves me into the truth and out of it and rescues me from the devil's lies. The pure heart will see God, which means we have clarity of sight. 
I know that God is in this even if nobody else knows. Because I know the word. Are you hearing me? So our thinking has changed. So even when things are bad, when we see good in the midst of it, that's because we have the pure hearts. They shall see God, not just in the future. They'll see God right where they are. Now, some of the stuff that we're going through is not just because the devil's messing with us. Satan might not even have you on his calendar. Some of the stuff we've done, we were always going, as Pastor Rick, Rick always reminded me of, we were always going to reap. You sowed that seed, and now you got a tree in your backyard, and you don't know. Come on, let's just be real. God told us what to do. It was not a suggestion, huh? God told us and said what we got to do, and we what? We fell off. The soul is saved, but the heart is sick because we didn't take God seriously when he said, abide in me. Come on. Let's just be honest. Is it only me? Okay. See, that's the maintenance, folks. Amen? That's the maintenance. It's not just a suggestion. It's a command that is for our benefit. So like any loving father, as we're going back to what I said last week, like any loving father, when we get off track, God allows the heat. The heat is the test. Are you hearing me? Uh Uh-huh. There are tests and trials that will come that God allows because he loves his children the children that belong to him, he will say, okay, you're not listening to me, but that's okay, you belong to me. And I know how to get you back on track. Not because I hate you. Not because I'm trying to send you to hell. That's the wrong picture. That's the lie. The clarity is God loves me. So this heat I'm dealing with right now has everything to do with him putting things back in order. He's just, he's like any loving father, but he's, the, he's better. Amen. He knows exactly what we need. Amen. So some of the tests we're going through and some of the things we're going through, you know, is because we have not done the maintenance. We have not made him a priority and we're struggling. We cannot see God. The vision is fuzzy, right? Things have gotten in the way. Hebrews 12, 5 and 6. Hebrews 12, 5 and 6. Real quickly. Almost done. Hebrews 12, 5 and 6. And have you forgotten the encouraging words God spoke to you as his children? He said, my children, don't make light of the Lord's discipline and don't give up when he, when he corrects you for the Lord disciplines those he loves and he punishes each one. Listen to this. He accepts as his child. Are you catching that? This is not about, I'm trying to get you. This is about love. Amen? I say it again. Go to the mall sometimes back in the day when we had malls before Amazon. 
see a bunch of teenagers hanging out, acting like they don't have parents, and all the righteousness in you just wants you to go, wants you to go up to one of them and smack them real good, shake them a little bit. What's wrong with you? And the first thing we're thinking is, where are your parents? You hear? Huh? So he punishes each one he accepts as his child. God will turn the heat up because he loves you. Amen? And for the purified hearts, when we get too distant from God, he has to do things to bring us back. Amen? So here's my thought. Can you imagine your children coming to you and saying when they were really little, like mine, hey, mom, hey, dad, listen, I need you to put me on punishment. I thought about it. And I'm just not getting this obedience thing down. So what needs to happen is I'm going to need to schedule some time to really, you know, get in, you know, get in trouble with you. And um, I'm going to need you to, you know, depending on what age, you know, you know, little Lydia comes to me or somebody like that, I just, I, I need a spanking. I just, I just do. You know, Elijah, you know, do you have a few timeouts you can throw at me? To get me on the right path, because I'm not acting right, mom and dad. You know, you know, and I need to get this acting right thing consistently. I need to be more consistent with what you say, and I'm not doing it. So I'm going to need you to help me get it together. Go get the belt, take away the cell phone, pull out the DVD, whatever it is, throw away the video games. I need, I need your help. If my children did that, I would fall back in my chair and bust my head because I would be like, are you okay? Because no child does that. But here's the thing, when you start to mature in God, you begin to recognize that if I don't humble myself, I'm going to destroy myself. So what I need from God is to recognize and be able to clearly see God and what he's doing even when he's dealing with me in a way that I don't like because I know it's for my own good. But the heat that God uses, saints, will change us. And now we should be thankful for the punishments, the hard times, the spankings, Huh? The missed opportunities, the disappointments, the heartbreaks that God gives us. We should rejoice because there are people out there that you will come in contact with and they will never come in contact with the heat of God. They will never know the refiner's fire. They think they're doing okay. The people ain't even been close to the heat. Are you hearing me? Uh huh. So we ought to say thank you, Lord. Huh? Why? Because there are people out there when God turns the heat up, I say thank you, Jesus. Because some folks are just doing whatever they want to do and they don't even have a good father. They don't have the Holy Spirit. God forbid I would live my whole life not being able to feel the heat. 
Are you hearing me, saints? Reading self-help books, can't feel the heat. Getting educated without the heat. Getting good jobs without the heat. Getting promoted without the heat. Buying cars and designer clothes without the heat. Getting married without the heat. You may be going through the toughest time in your entire life right now. Uh Uh-huh. But you better give God some praise and thank God because guess what? It's not comfortable, but I can feel the heat. And a pure heart can recognize God. I see your hand. I know this is you. So no matter what I go through, I say, thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. I know it's you. I don't like it. But when you get through with me, when you get, when God gets through with me, hey, it might be tight right now. But at least we are his children. At least we can feel the heat. At least we get the fire. There are folks out there having the greatest time of their life. Huh? On their way to hell. And a whole system of churches secretly jealous about the Kardashians and and what everybody else got that we ain't got. Living like hellions. And we like, Lord, when you gonna bless me? God, when you gonna give me what they got? You sure you want what they got? You better thank God for that heat. So here's my point, and I'm done. Only the pure heart No, only the pure in heart know that when the heat comes on, it's just their heavenly father working on them because he loves his children and they can see with clarity because Jesus said, blessed are the pure in heart for they shall see God, not just in the future, but I can see his hand on my life right now. I'm done.